Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you The Seminarians, a dialogue with students from the Pontifical College Josephinum, produced by AM820 to encourage and inspire vocations to the religious life. And now, The Seminarians. Welcome to The Seminarian Show. I'm Jonathan Torres from the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina. Joining me are Dalton Irvin from Victoria, Texas, and Gordon Mott from Columbus, Ohio. Let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Lord, we thank you for gathering us here today. We ask that you inspire us to have a good conversation and inspire our listeners, that they may glean whatever you wish them to glean. We pray this in the words that your Son taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, today's topic, we will be talking about uh, seminarian life. Um, how our life uh, in seminary uh, uh, kind of is structured. Um, I think it's useful to um, begin with talking about how our formation is viewed through the eyes of our diocese and our formators at seminary. So, in formation, we have four what we call pillars, which are human, intellectual, pastoral, and spiritual. And those four pillars are kind of expressed in our day-to-day activities, whether it be classes, um, prayer and mass. Um, and so I think starting with that, I'd like to just talk about how I think there's a lot of uh, mystery surrounding seminary in life. And I we, like it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need anybody know. to know what we're doing with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, a little privacy, right? That's good. Um, but I think that when parishioners see us, you know, at mass or when we're back home uh, wearing our collars, mm-hmm. Uh, they kind of wonder what's going on for six years, eight years that you're yeah, in seminary. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that we can maybe dispel some of the mystery. Um, you know, after this show, I think uh, most people will realize it's not that mysterious yeah, or strange. I, you know, I think people will realize that what they had in their imagination is much more interesting yes, than yes. the reality yeah. on High Street. Exactly. You and can only play so many games of uh, Kidditch before you finally exactly, get bored of it, yes, you know? Exactly. <laughs> For those of you that haven't seen the Josephine where we go, it's uh, it looks exactly like Hogwarts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so just jumping off of that um, uh, idea of the four pillars of formation, uh, I want to just kind of express what a normal day looks like, and not going through every hour of the day, but just kind of um, the structure of our life, especially yeah. during the semester while we're at seminary um because ultimately what seminary is doing is to instill habits in us Mm -hmm. so that when we go off god willingly one day as priests uh we can take what we learned in seminary whether it be human you know in the areas of human formation intellectual pastoral or spiritual and apply that to our lives in a parish so a normal day consists of morning prayer mass classes, um, evening prayer, 
communally. So these pray, the morning prayer, evening prayer, masters are all in communion, uh, communal dinner. Um, some once a week we have a conference um, talking about whatever topic, celibacy, for example, uh, in in a in a priestly context. And then we also have once a week apostolics where we can go to the hospital and minister there or uh, RCIA, teach RCIA or confirmation. Um, so that's kind of, uh, that, that structure kind of permeates the semester. Um, and it is very structured. Uh, there are certain times that you have to be at certain, you know, uh, events. And that structure is, again, to instill that habit. Um, but I will say that in that structure, there is a lot of room for you to customize a certain lifestyle as yeah, well. Yeah, oh, for sure. And so, I don't know if you guys had any um, ideas or opinions or if you wanted to share how you structure your day. I know that with prayer, morning prayer, mass, evening prayer, there's an optional holy hour um, that the school offers. It's it's great that we do these things, but I do think that it's just the beginning. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, like, when we look at the schedule at the Aurorium, mm-hmm. fancy name for schedule. Yes. Um, it's all about this overarching theme of formation. Yeah. Being molded, um, taken from what you were when you showed up on the front steps mm-hmm. that first day, and hopefully pumping out someone who's a little more um, like Jesus, yeah. right, in holiness and in, in virtue, but also who's going to be effective in knowing how to use their time well mm-hmm. and knowing something about religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something that's going to help people get closer to heaven right. and to the heart of Christ. Um, and someone who's just not lazy. Yeah. I think that's that's really what the seminary uh, structure, daily mass schedule. Um, you know, we say mass starts at, or morning prayer starts at 645. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't sound that early, right? Until you think about the fact you have to wake up, shower, and brush your teeth before you go to the chapel <laughs> at six forty-five, so That's you right. know it creeps earlier. And you're writing a paper, late, you know, late the night before too. <laughs> so yes, that all plays a part in it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, well, I wanted to break down a little bit um, the four pillars of formation, and talking about, I think, especially in the intellectual life of a seminary, the intellectual pillar of formation. It takes up probably the most of our time. Um, it is a school, right? We talk about uh, seminary as a, a school, a college, mm-hmm. the the Pontifical College Josephine. Yeah. And so it's very tempting to say that that's the most important um, area of formation because you are given grades. You are spending the most time in classrooms, spending the most time interacting with professors and, you know, your, the, the, your classmates in the context of a, of a class. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's not the most important, even though if we spend the most time in it. Yeah, I think that focus is so so um, important or so pressed upon us, the intellectual pillar at seminary, because that really is the only place where we have the structure for intellectual formation. Yes, yeah, right? exactly. Um, I mean, you can be in the parish getting pastoral formation. You can be yeah. under a spiritual director doing anything, being formed spiritually in human— I mean, you can be any sent to boarding school or yeah. uh, or to some training school for human formation. Yeah. But intellectual is, right, this is the specific place. Yeah. And I think that 
what differentiates an intellectual formation at seminary from another college is that it's very holistic and that you can't really see I don't think you can see any of the pillars apart from each other. Yeah. It's kind of like a stool where if you take one leg off it starts to wobble. Um and so you know your human formation where you are spending time with fraternity and certain events that the school puts on to to grow in friendship. Um little you know other extracurricular activities that's also contingent on your spiritual life. I think, you know, the, the human person is not this dualistic division of body and soul. We're composite beings, right? So, you know, if your human life is flourishing, your spiritual life is going to be flourishing yeah. as well. And that goes the same with intellectual, uh, your intellectual life. If you are, if you're succeeding in one, you're probably succeeding in another. So, um, When, like you said, they're so interconnected, they feed each other. Yeah, the things yeah. we're gifted with uh, the the great opportunity to study at seminary. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people take classes on Jesus? Yeah, no, um, exactly. Yeah, and that does it feeds your prayer. Yeah, um, and it gives you insight into yourself as a human person. What does it even mean to be a person? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and and then, I think yeah, no, that's absolutely right. You cannot love what you do not know. Yeah, and the more that you learn to to know about our Lord through theology and philosophy, which we can break down a little bit later. Uh, we end up loving him more. Yeah. And so when we truly give ourselves over to the intellectual formation of the school, we are also deepening our souls to grow deeper in holiness in general. Mm-hmm. So, And also realizing how much you need your friends. Yes. And yeah, exactly. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Those study guides that uh, some of our classmates put together. They're Deo very gracias. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so maybe on this topic of um, intellectual formation, we can begin to talk about uh, how that's broken up in at the Josephinum into, and, and really any seminary uh, across the nation, philosophy and theology. Mm-hmm. And so if you had gone to, if a seminary had gone to college prior to coming to seminary, they would only need two years of philosophy to therefore get a bachelor's in philosophy. If you did not enter, if you did not go to college before, Entering seminary it would be four years, like a four-year degree, mm-hmm. and you get a bachelor's in philosophy. And then after you obtain your bachelor's in philosophy, you go on for four years in theology, uh, getting a master's of divinity at the very least. Um, it's like a, it's almost equivalent to a master's in theology. Um, and the church has this this wisdom in offering philosophy, making sure that making sure that it's priests are grounded in philosophy before going to theology as a kind of natural ground for which theology can spring up, as it were. Yeah. Understanding the natural before moving on to the supernatural. Um, and again, that, that talks to kind of the, the composite nature of humanity, that we're body and soul. You can't yeah. just understand the spiritual without first understanding the natural. When that used to be in back, in, back in the day, <laughs> that was uh, so much... <laughs> Better understood, I think, when theology wasn't just called religion class. Or, yeah. Um, it wasn't isolated to church, right. so to speak, but theology was called the queen of the sciences. Right, exactly. Um, and philosophy, the handmaid yeah. of theology. Absolutely. You know, I think that terminology is important. Yeah. Um, not only for us to know as we study, but also those around us yeah. as, as seminarians, the faithful to understand why it takes so long. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And it's mostly, again, the intellectual life does consume most of our time at seminary. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but for good reason. Oh, yeah, without um, a doubt. Yeah. And so the way I like to differentiate it is philosophy is kind of truth ascending. Like we're reaching for truth through our reason. And then theology is truth descending, where we are uh, studying revealed truth mm-hmm. through a philosophical lens, as it were. I like that. That's nice. That's Father Murphy. That's yes. very. That's, <laughs> I, that's nice imagery there, painting a picture with your words. Yes, yes. Fa- thank you, Father Murphy. <laughs> You're listening to the Seminarian Show on St. Gabriel Radio, AM eight twenty. You can hear this show every Saturday at eleven thirty and Sunday at one p.m. and in the studio archives at stgabrielradio.com. I'm Jonathan Torres from the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina. Joining me are Dalton Irvin from Victoria, Texas, and Gordon Mott from Columbus, Ohio. Go Buckeyes. <laughs> Thank you, Gordon. So we've been talking about <clears throat> seminarian life, mainly the four pillars of formation and how those are played out in our everyday life. We've been spending a lot of time talking about intellectual formation um, I would like to spend a little bit of time talking about spiritual formation. I think that that is a heavy one. Yeah. That while there is a structure in seminary concerning spiritual life, morning prayer, evening prayer, mass, and communion that are mandatory, holy hour is optional, I think that that is just the foundation for a priestly prayer life. Oh, yeah. And so, especially concerning the breviary. Um, as a priest, one day we will be obligated to pray five hours from the Liturgy of the Hours. What's the Liturgy of the Hours again, Jonathan? <laughs> it is a collection of psalms, right, that the church prays. It's the prayer of the church um, that flows out of the liturgy, um, flows out of the Mass, and we have it, and it permeates the entire day um, to where we are praying the psalms in communion with the rest of the church. Yeah. So it is really, uh, it's almost like the lifeblood of a priest, that we find our strength to carry on what we are called to carry. It's mm-hmm. it's really mm-hmm. like the spiritual bread that sustains us as priests. So. Answering the call in Scripture to pray at all times without ceasing, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so I think the seminary gives you a good st- structure, a good foundation to really organize your prayer life in the way that you want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a while, I tried doing a holy hour before Mass. That was exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 only lasted one semester, and that was rough. It's hard to pay attention in prayer um, so early in the morning, at least for me. Other guys can do it, and, you know, kudos to them. But that's what, right, that's what the orarium is supposed to teach yeah. us, right? It gives yeah. us this insight into ourselves that yeah. maybe you can't, you're not best suited to make your your prayer in the morning. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so then you ha- you know as a priest in the future how to structure your day. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that you are being fed spiritually yeah. through prayer. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, exactly. And there's lots of pockets in a day to where, oh, I can fit in daytime prayer here. I can do 30 minutes of a holy hour here. I can, you know. And so, again, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of room to really play around with the personal schedule. My question, I guess, to you guys would be, how do you bring that schedule outside of seminary life? 
because as a seminarian, as seminarians, we get a lot of breaks. Mm-hmm. We get almost three months in the summer. We get a couple weeks during Easter. We get three weeks during Christmas time. And so, you know, the the cliche is don't take a vacation from your vocation. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and while that might be tiring to hear, it is true. I think there's truth to that. Mm-hmm. You don't want to stop your prayer life once you go home. Uh, on the on the opposite side, I think I think it really should be strengthened. You know, you're living with maybe uh, in a rectory, and you are living almost a, a priest life as a seminarian, yeah. being yeah. with your pastor or a good priest friend. So, how do you guys, I don't know, work with your schedule from seminary and adapt it into uh, into your breaks or into your yeah. vacation time? For myself, when I go back down to Texas, I tried at first uh, staying at my parents' house mm-hmm. yeah. um, to be with family. It's just more convenient. But what I realized was my prayer totally got put on the back burner because yeah. when I woke up in the morning, other people were awake. Yep. And yep. so I, I knew I needed to pray my prayers, but I also felt obligated to be with my family. Yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to close the door to a room mm-hmm. and spend 20 minutes praying the office. Yeah. Um, making my family think I didn't want to be with them, you know, so kind of the right. struggle. Yep. Um, and so I did then, uh, for a while, stay over at the rectory. Yeah. Which is only two houses down, so it wasn't a huge <laughs> sacrifice on my part. Right. Um, but that gave me the opportunity to to wake up, drink coffee, pray prayers. Yeah. Um, live like you said that in uh, a priestly way mm-hmm. with the pastor. Um. Go to daily mass, yeah, because uh, it's all you know. So it was this uh, for me the need to put a little distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so l- being out of seminary, but not just living a, a normal quote unquote normal yeah. life. Yeah, absolutely. And I a hundred percent sympathize with that um, with your little uh, story there. Uh, whenever I go home, it's so hard to pray. And I, you know, like you said, people, other people are awake. My dad's making pancakes. I'm just yeah. like, oh, you know, let's eat breakfast with the family when I still have morning prayer to do. And so, and family, you know, don't get me wrong. Family is a great thing. Um, I love my family to death. But they can really sap the prayer life out of, <laughs> <laughs> out of. <laughs> well, there's only so much time. <laughs> there's only so much time in the day. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> yes. So, no, but I, I also find it very beneficial to be living with a, a priest that's, you know, I know a bunch of priests in Charlotte that have rooms open that are always yeah. more than happy to have a seminary and stay with them. And so that just urges me to continue my prayer life outside of seminary, going to Mass. It may, the big hitters are daily Mass and praying morning and evening prayer. That's kind of like the the fundamentals, at least. Yeah. So, Gordon, what about you? Well, I've always... <clears throat> excuse me. I... uh. I got some very good advice my first year from um, my pastor. And so I've always, whenever it's Christmas or Easter, um, I always go to where either my last summer assignment was or one of the parishes that I've been assigned to in the past, um, simply by virtue of the fact that, you know, I, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, where I'm older and I had, you know, my business and stuff before, um, all I really want to do is serve the people of God and pray you know the uh so i tend to find the the parish much more refreshing than you know just like going off on vacation somewhere i'd rather go to the parish i mean i like praying i do 
I'll confess, um, I love the life of prayer and I love serving the people. Mm -hmm. But when I go home, right, I have my friends that I want to see from high school who are back in town, Mm -hmm. uh, friends from college who are coming through, all of this. And all of that, wow, the schedule fills up fast. Oh, yeah. You know, and and these 15-minute blocks of time for prayer, you know, if you pray really fast, maybe five. Um, But it, you know, it it can almost be sad how inconvenient if you want to say um mm-hmm. the need to to stop yeah i mean it's a great thing to do yeah um, but it can be very easy i think to, yeah to overlook it absolutely and i think um moving from family uh family life as a seminary and i think we can talk a little bit about friendship especially our friends both friends that we've had before we entered seminary how do how does that change how's that dynamic look now and also friends that we've made in seminary, not only with our seminary uh, brothers, but also with people that we've met just in the time that we've entered seminary. Um, so I don't know how you, how you guys relate uh, keeping that identity of seminarian when you are with your old friends, mm. um, different parishioners. Does that does that keep you? from interacting or from being transparent maybe as your true self? Do you feel like you're putting up a face, you know, behind the collar as it were? I don't know if that's something you thought about. I see your question and, and I think I could see maybe how some, someone might fall into that. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, the friends I hang out with, we were all very close in high school. Yeah. uh, They hold me very accountable. Good. Right, like yeah. <laughs> there. Trust me, as Someone's long as they're yeah. around, there will never be a Saint Dalton. You know, if, if someone at the parish says, "Oh, we're so happy. We always knew you'd be a priest." They go, "Well, we weren't too surprised, but we don't know how he's making it." You know, <laughs> that's like, right. That's right. <laughs> just this uh, very humbling, yeah, uh, uh, group of friends that I have. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think um, we we hear. Uh, about the identity of a priest, or, or we're going to be public figures one day, you know? And so, but but it is good in my family and both in my friendships that I have people to keep me accountable, like you said. Uh, and it's not just them helping me, but I'm helping them, and that's what a friendship is, yeah, right? You, you're yeah. helping each other. What do you guys think about all the friendships that we're making in seminary? We're, we're so used to living in community for so many years. How is that going to look after we're ordained, God willingly, when there's a big chance that we might be isolated in the parish mm-hmm. alone, where we're not in contact with our brothers to such an extent that we, you know, we were in seminary. So, yeah, that's a a bridge to cross, huh? One yeah. day, yeah, one day, God willing. But I, th- we also have the great, great gift of technology now, where yes. you can text someone and you can say, "Rod, I just had this awful meeting," da 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 da, and they might not mm-hmm. have time to do it themselves, right, and to reply right yeah, then, yeah. Uh, but when they get the chance, right? This these texting conversations, um, while they can be detrimental, oftentimes mm-hmm. or not all, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are also great benefits in in that respect. I think in staying with t- staying in touch with friends from seminary. Yeah, uh, who you can commiserate with. You commiserated together yeah. in seminary. Yeah. <laughs> now you can commiserate outside of seminary. As yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've once heard it said that uh, community life is the best thing about seminary. And it's also the worst thing. <laughs> so there, there is a sense of it, it does it does shape you into mm-hmm. who you are, living with another person, right? Um, to get you out of your isolated self. And I think priests can run into the problem of 
just being so used to isolation that they grow in on themselves and they're not in contact with their priest buddies in the diocese. Yeah. And so I think it is about that intentionality being uh, just being intentional, saying I need to hang out with my friends and being, you know, being okay with scheduling time and saying, you know, I'm an hour away from my buddy over here, but I'm going to make the drive and and see him. And I think that oftentimes people fall into that um, isolation very unintentionally. Yeah. Right. Just their daily schedule. All of this catches up to them, mm-hmm. and without ever realizing it, they've gone two months without taking their day yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah. without seeing an old buddy from school or, yeah. or, or sending a text. Yeah. Um, and that's where that life of prayer that we're cultivating mm-hmm. in seminary is so important. Yep. Because in prayer, you'll see that you're doing that. Yeah, exactly. And that goes back to the four pillars of formation, that in that prayer, you realize who you are, um, and it, it gives you an insight into what you need what you need to maybe spend a little bit less time on. Um, a little more time A on. little more time <laughs> on, yeah. And that in, even in that intellectual formation outside of seminary, yeah. you you know, we have to keep up with that uh, reading regularly. I think we're very blessed to be able to f- study formally what mm-hmm. the church por- puts forth in theology, but to be able to take that habit of study and apply it to a life outside of a academic setting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Well, as we're coming to a close, any last thoughts on seminary and life? I know there's so many more aspects to this topic that we could have touched on, but I don't know. Any any closing thoughts to dispel the, the mystery <laughs> that some people may think it is? It's really a great life. It's a good life. It's a After good life. five years completed and uh, in the That's midst right. of my five sixth years. year of seminary, yep. uh, I can say it's it's really been a blessing. Yeah. Um, I have learned a lot about myself and I hope I've changed, uh, quite a bit for the better. I'm sure you have. <laughs> yeah. I'll let your four meters decide that though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just great. It's a beautiful life, um, that I wish yeah. everybody would have the chance, yeah. uh, to experience, to grow closer to the heart of the Lord. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And one thing that I think I've learned in closing is that it's just very fast. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. that five years have flown by for me too so yes, yeah it goes by very fast well all right thanks for joining us for today's seminary show you can hear this show every saturday at eleven thirty, and sunday at 1 p.m in the audio archives at stgabrielradio.com let us close in prayer in the name of the father son holy spirit amen hail mary full of grace the lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb jesus Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Seminarians is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of The Seminarians and all of our locally produced programs are available at stgabrielradio.com. Veni, Sancti.